We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. KJ podcast special guest in the house, actually on the line, Adam Kaplan, NFL insider, Sirius XM. You've seen him on ESPN throughout the years. What's going on, Adam? My man, good to talk to you. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I am just kind of looking at what's happening in the early days of these rookie camps, and still looking at what happened in the draft. Uh, some, some interesting storylines, and then uh, looking forward to uh, what happens when I uh, go on my training camp tour in August. Uh, so it's uh, it's going to be a fun time the next couple months. I thought we'd do that. I thought we'd whip around the league. We'll start in the Bay Area, but kind of go over six, seven, eight teams, what happened in the offseason. I think it'll be a good preview. We'll start with the Niners. This is a, a Niners podcast. They get Jimmy Garoppolo's deal done. That's point number A. That was so huge. Richard Sherman, Jarek McKinnon, Weston Richburg, these next line of defense here. I mean, they really had a good offseason. Then the draft was a little out of left field. They get Mike McGlinchey, Kyle gets his receiver in the second round. I still think they have some holes on defense, Adam. I don't know about the pass rushing situation. I got them at 9-7, and 10-6. I think they'll need a little bit of help to get in the playoffs. You look at the Niners. Did you like their offseason? And what, what do you think their issue will be? What do you think Jimmy G will do? Just big picture Niners in 2018. What do you got? Yeah, so, Kevin, let's look at their offense. McGlinchey, this, this one wasn't hard to figure out. This was a total about their, their zone blocking. They needed an athlete. Trent Brown 
is a massive human being, as you know, and he just doesn't fit. He's more of a power power guy. And McGlinchey is is a better athlete, and that's you know for now that's what's going to be. And then we'll see about Joe Staley down. You know how many more years he's going to play. Richburg's a tremendous athlete um, for the center position. He his his concussion. He could have come back well before the end of the season, but I don't recall whether the Giants had a, another designation to use in terms of returning from injured reserve. But he's fine. Uh, you know, the problems right there are whether the guards fit, Tomlinson and Garnett. Uh, we'll, we'll find out over time uh, because, you know, th- this zone blocking scheme is all about athletes on the offensive line. So I, I think there's still some question marks on their offensive line. And with Garoppolo now, and we know about I deemed him Jimmy Magic. I mean, I kind of came up with that because I've never talked to a team that became more transformative in season than after making a trade for quarterback. I mean, never seen anything like this. I mean, the fans obviously were – going gaga over Garoppolo after a couple starts, but I, I know internally they were just blown away by this guy. Now, I would say this. It's great that he did so well, but now he's got to do it, Kevin, for a full season. So let, let's let just let this thing play out with Garoppolo, and let's see how well he does. Uh, the Jarek McKinnon contract, I remember getting it texted before um, it, the news got out there, and I, I actually didn't believe it. <laughs> uh, it's one of the, the strangest um, – situations I can remember I was I was um I was in my office at the time and I have a I have a regular phone line I have a cell phone and I was talking to someone as I am to you on my uh, office number and I looked at the numbers that were texted to me I'm like this can't be right and I didn't have a chance to respond and ask hey are these really right but you know then it got out there I'm blown away by it but here's what I can tell you because I I studied Kyle Shanahan's offense Uh, Jarek McKinnon had 51 receptions last season for the Vikings and they were a real balanced offense wouldn't shock me if McKinnon had 70 receptions plus. Kyle Shanahan is arguably the NFL's best play caller. I mean, Sean Payton's right up there. Doug Peterson's right up there. I can't wait to uh, see McKinnon. But I agree with your assessment on defense. My big thing when I was hosting on Sirius before the draft, and I said it post-draft, as I struggle to see 43 defensive ends on this football team. Remember, these Armstead and Buckner were drafted for the 34. Where are these outside pass rushers? Where are these, where are these 43 defensive ends who could rush the passer? Now, if Street, the fourth-round pick, could be it. Maybe eventually down the line, who, who knows? I, I, that's going to be a problem for me. I mean, that, that to me, I struggle to see who those guys are. And until they find those guys, they're not going very far. I mean, I, I agree. I would say this. I'm a little bit – I'm not going to give them 10 wins as, as a, an upside. I've got 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, and seven. Um, But I'm with you. I I can't wait to see them. I'll be at their training camp probably for two days, at least one in August. I still think there's some serious questions at cornerback. Should be pretty good at safety. I think Kyle Shanahan, his personnel control, has done a real good job in his his first season and a half here, so to speak. But I think there's still a lot of question marks with this team. That's why I wonder, Adam, Like, what is their decision-making behind not getting a 43 defensive end? I guess they weren't high on Harold Landry. They weren't, they weren't able to get Bradley Chubb. There wasn't a lot available, but they have a lot of cap room. I guess Ziggy Ansah got franchise tag. There really wasn't enough on the market. I guess it's just something they couldn't solve, but maybe via a trade. Maybe they wanted to make it their own draft picks. It just it, it seems strange to get Richard Sherman and then kind of leave a hole like this on your team when you have assets available. Yeah, I, I think – what you mentioned was the trade, like you know, you saw Robert Quinn traded uh, to the Dolphins. Obviously, if you're the you know, the Niners, you're not, you know, you're probably not going to be able to get Robert Quinn from the Rams since you're in the same division. But I agree with your assessment 
this is they 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 probably had to be a little more aggressive uh, at defensive end. But you know, overall, they're going to be a good football team, and they're very well coached. And you know, they've got some things they've got to clean up, obviously, with Reuben Foster in that situation. Um, we'll see what happens with him going forward. But they are so fun to watch, and Kyle's such a great play caller. And the transformation that they made after the, the trade for Garoppolo uh, certainly was breathtaking. <laughs> in a way, I, I, I've covered this league, uh, you know, 20 years, and or 19 years, actually. And it'll be going on 20 seasons. And I, I can't remember in season a team being transformed like this. A quarterback is pretty interesting. Is there a chance that he steps back? Like, it feels like this sample size was so real that Jimmy Garoppolo was in total control. He didn't even know the playbook. He barely had a running game. He had so many bad circumstances with him. Then again, the team had a lot of bad bounces early in the year. Maybe they shouldn't have been 1-11 when he took over. All the luck was going their way. They rolled the Jacksonville Jaguars. How many times are you going to see that? I don't know, like, where would he struggle? It's it's hard to even project that. If, if Jimmy G did take a little bit of a step back, I don't see it being accuracy. I don't see it being able to handle the playbook. It just seems like he's such a sure thing. Well, he, here's the thing. He had the six starts, as, as we know, uh, this past season. Teams have that tape. They, they'll look at it. They also have the New England tape. They're going to figure out through his starts, and obviously mo- the, the majority of them um, have come now uh, with the Niners, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna figure it out what throws he doesn't make as well. They're, they're going to find something. Believe, trust me on that. And... You know, I know people are saying, wow, over 67% completion rate. That's incredible. But teams do figure things out in the offseason. In in season, it's so hard. Because you didn't have a book on Grapple. The the sample size with New England barely played. I mean, he he had really just over 100 passing attempts in his career with the Patriots. So it's going to be fun. I I hear what you're saying. It's going to be fun to watch the Niners going forward. Um, but that's why I said at the top of our interview here, just be careful with Garoppolo. He's, he's not going to have a perfect season. He's, he has a chance to be very good. And just let the thing play out. If he has a bad game or two or a disappointing game or two, don't, just don't jump off the bandwagon. This is his first full season in his NFL career, and you can't expect you know, 40 touchdown passes in, in one season. Traveling five hours south to L.A., the Rams just – it feels like – they're a fantasy football team on defense, what they did with Sue, Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib. They didn't have a draft pick till the third round here. They're really going all in on acquiring players. Just a, an interesting strategy. They're loading up Wade Phillips' defense. There's a lot of pressure on this team, and Jared Goff really will be in his second season. I mean, he barely played as a rookie. Last year was kind of his rookie year. Uh, they got a bunch of guys on contract situations. They do have Sean McVay, one of the best play callers, I, uh, I'll throw them up there with Peterson and Kyle Shanahan. The pressure is on the Rams to win this division. Are they definitely better than the Niners? Are they sitting in the driver's seat to win the NFC West, in your opinion? Well, they're, Kevin, the roster's better. Now, he, he, you kind of alluded to it. There, there's pressure because they did something that is so unique that I've really not seen before. A team largely built their free, their free agency peer with trades. As you know, historically... There are very few trades in the offseason. We saw over two dozen even before the draft started. That's just crazy. Starting with the Alex Smith trade, which got essentially completed, not officially because you can't do it until the start of free agency, but it happened at the Super Bowl. So this is, this is one – I've never seen anything like that before. This has been the craziest 
offseason I can remember in terms of trades. It was actually really fun uh, to discuss this one serious, and I, 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 it was great. Now, here's my concern now. You're bringing these personalities. You're bringing in Aqib Tlaib. Marcus Peters, teams don't trade the best cornerback in the National Football League who's young, who's under the age of 25, unless there's a problem. That was, I mean, he, he, Marcus Peters, you know, he turned 25 earlier this season. You don't, you don't trade cornerbacks who are 25 years older at the best of his position. You could argue if he's one or two to me, he's one if you talk to personnel people. You don't get rid of those guys unless there's a problem. When Andy Reid gives up on a player, that's all you need to know. So that, that would be a concern of mine. Sean McVay, Kevin, I mean, it's unbelievable. Sean McVay is just 32. He turned 32 in January. I mean, everything was so good last season until the playoffs. But they're going for it. As far as, when you make these type of trades, and you, you outline it with, uh, with Sue, and, and they're going to want to get Aaron Donald's contract extended, make him the highest-paid defensive player in the league. You, you have all these issues. That, that, that's a concern. But you know what? The upside of this team is unbelievable. Yeah, and I really think for the 49ers, there's one way to attack the Rams. It's in the middle of the field. They really are locking out the outside. They're going to be able to stop you in the running game. Maybe that's part of the thinking of the McGlinchey pick, a right tackle that you can run behind, run away from Sue and Donald there. I'm hesitant to pick them as Super Bowl contenders because I'm going to Philadelphia now. Is there a chance that this team can repeat? It's so hard in the NFL. You're, you're so close to the Eagles. You, you know them better than anyone. Nick Foles is going to carry the torch there for a little bit, and then Carson Wentz, I'm sure, will take over. What is the outlook in Philly? They're obviously thinking repeat, but how realistic is it in the NFC? Yeah, let, let me pick up on the Carson Wentz situation, because I don't know why. <laughs> let me just explain where the Eagles are with Carson Wentz. When he's healthy, he's a starter. There's no competition. There's nothing. He is the guy. He's their future. He's everything. He was going to probably be the NFL's MVP before he tore the ACL against the Rams last season. So there's no competition. Nick Foles turned his career around. I mean, people forget. I mean, he basically was going to retire before Andy Reid signed him. And, you know, good for Nick. It didn't look good for him late last season, but he turned it around the playoffs, especially the championship game of the Super Bowl. And, and, and they also have a really good number three, Nate Sudfeld. Um, I think when you look at Philly right now, I think the Eagles I feel really good about their football team. I'm a little concerned with their, their age. At defensive end, Michael Bennett turns 33. Brandon Graham was 30. Uh, Chris Chris Long, who's I don't know if he even would play after the season. I, I, I mean, he came back. The Eagles uh, are going to get him back. He, he said he's going to play. Uh, Derek Barnett is the one guy you're looking for here who's their first-round pick from last season. He's going to play a lot this season. I'm a little concerned with the age there of a couple of their defensive ends. Um, but they're loaded a corner. They're I, I, It's funny because I remember going into last season, I was concerned about their, their depth, and now – even after cutting uh, the corner that uh, they, they traded for, uh, they're, they're actually in really good shape at corner. Uh, they're going to get um, Sidney Jones back. I mean, he played late last season, but he didn't play very much. Um, but they're, they're in great shape. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they, they feel really good about it. Um, I'm just not sure when Wentz comes back. And my sense is he's going to be ready for week one. I have no idea when he's going to get in the field in August. But... My sense is, I think, when it comes to Carson Wentz, how he goes, they go. If he's not himself, they're not getting Super Bowl. If he is, they're getting, they have a real good shot at it, uh, as long as they're healthy. That's the thing. Adam, I mean, when I think of covering RG3 and he rushed his ACL back and that really screwed up his 2013 year, and maybe he wasn't ready to begin with, but I see Carson Wentz not coming back maybe till week three or four. What if Nick Foles has started? Mm. 
three and going to be again. Let me just say this: I think he's going to be ready for week one. I don't know. When, again, my sense is from multiple people I've spoken with who would know. You, they're not putting a timeline on because he's when you rehab ACL to bad intervals and no setbacks and everything I've told has been really good. But until he gets on the field, they can't say for sure he'll be ready for week one. But my sense is, barring a setback, he probably will be. But again, here's the problem: is he going to be anywhere close to himself? I can't answer that. No one can. It, it's ACL reconstruction. I actually have the Packers going to the Super Bowl. They haven't been since 2010. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm biased. I'm a Mike Patton believer. They drafted two cornerbacks in the first and second round, Alexander and Josh Jackson. They're due. I mean, they have the best quarterback in the league. What is he, 34, 35 now? Aaron Rodgers has not been to a Super Bowl really since he won one against the Steelers. That was so long ago. I was in college. He is going back to the Super Bowl this year no matter what. I think he's on a mission. I think their defense will be much better. It'll look better. Where are you at with the Packers? And if they do fail again in the playoffs, is Mike McCarthy – is it is it time for them to consider making a change at coach because it feels like they're underachieving? No, I, I think what Mike here's what happened. First of all, I remember talking to the Vikings, and we were just talking about their offseason, and and they said, well, you know, number twelve is coming back for Green Bay, so <laughs> we we know we're in for a battle because you, you mentioned it. You, I think Rodgers or Brady are the two best quarterbacks. Rodgers who turns thirty five in December, he just is a different at a different level than most quarterbacks. His ability to process, his ability really good athlete, ability to get rid of the football, throw with anticipation. And they the Packers saw who the MVP of their team is after last season uh, with the problems they had at quarterback. Uh, my I agree with you with Pat. And I know from talking to Packers source, they were so excited because they want more aggressiveness, uh, and they thought Dom Capers kind of they, they'd seen enough. Their defense was holding them back, and Rodgers will give them a boost. And I know, it, yes, the last two seasons they've really significantly addressed their secondary. The problem is with the secondary talents, the pass rush. They, they need to get a better pass rush and keeping Clay Matthews on the field. And Clay Matthews is not you know, 25 anymore. He's a guy that is up there in age. He turns 32 very, very soon. Uh, excuse me, 33 very, very soon. And they need to find more pass rushers. And I think you know, Nick Perry's got to stay on the field, talented player, and they need more out of Fackrell. They round pick two years ago. I think that's that with Mike Patton is going to be the story. Can he dis, can he disguise enough and create more of a pass rush? Are the Seahawks completely done? I, I kind of have a feeling it's going to be a Russell Wilson versus the World Tour this year, and they're going to be <laughs> eight and eight, nine and seven. And it's going to look like they're they're trailing by two touchdowns every week, and he pulls something out of his ass to win. I believe in Russell Wilson. I believe the Seahawks are actually going to be competitive this year and could actually beat the Niners in a game or two. Clearly, they've let everyone go. They've got guys, their dynasty really kind of ran out. Their window closed. I, I don't think they're going to reach a Super Bowl again with Russell Wilson unless they completely reload. If the bottom falls out, maybe Pete Carroll's gone. I mean, there's so much up in the air for them this season. How do you see it shaking out in Seattle? Well, one thing you need to mention, and this is going to be a big storyline. Trust me on this. It may not be now, but... Uh, I could tell you inside the NFL, it is Brian Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator. He hasn't had a lot of success in seems like a decade when he's with the Jets. I mean, they're, they, now with the Jets, they're a power running team. They have Mark Sanchez. Don't let him throw. Win with win with Thomas Jones and running the football, and play great defense. And with, with Patton, and of course uh, with Rex Ryan, and they did that. Shotty has not been, you know, to the 
to the high end of the NFL coaching ranks in a long time. He's kind of bounced around as quarterback coach with Colt, who's in college football. Uh, this is a storyline to me. This is the, this is the storyline of training camp. And Shadi's going to have some fullbacks there. I mean, they, the one thing that Brian can do is he's a really good run schemer. He's got to show, though, that the game has changed since he was, you know, the, the OC with the Jets. It's a passing league. Um, you, you know, your first half is when you're throwing. Second half is when you're running. You're hoping to have a league and, and run the ball a lot in the second half. Now, he's got to show me that he could be a dynamic play caller. I think there's some serious questions with him, and we'll, we'll see. And then don't forget Ken Norton's their defense coordinator, though I, I, my sense is Pete Carroll will probably call a defense or be heavily involved in it. Um, so they've had a lot of upheaval here with their coaching staff. That, that's a big storyline for me. Look how many teams we talked about, Rams, Niners, Seahawks, Eagles, Packers. We haven't even talked about the Vikings, who were favored in the NFC Championship game last year. They get Kirk Cousins. They really have the best defense probably wall-to-wall oh, in, right. in the NFC. They, they, they just really don't have a weakness on defense. How much pressure is on Kirk Cousins? I mean, this team was really, really good last year. He's expected to pick up the torch and essentially bring them back to where they were, if not further. Right. So they want a little bit more consistency out of Cousins. And, and you know, Kirk, Kirk's going to be challenged this year. I mean, I, I, I think that with, you know, you're, 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 you're going to, you're going to have to learn a new offense. Uh, I know the, the, my understanding is it'll be somewhat West Coast, West Coast based, but the, but there it's you know DeFilippo was the OC with the Browns in, in fifteen did a really good job. I'll be fascinated to see how these two guys work together, and then just the one weakness they have, and it's still a problem, is their offensive line. Not the most athletic line, not the most talented line, uh, but they although they do have one of the better young centers in the league. Elf line was terrific as a rookie last season. Uh, they're going to get Nick Easton back from his injury. Um, I think that's. I think when you talk to people in the league, Kevin, that that's the one thing they mention is where the upgrades of the offensive line do they happen? Brian O'Neill's not going to start the season. I don't believe second round out of pit. Talk to Brian on serious. Remember, he hasn't been playing tackle very long. He came there as a tight end, got moved to tackle, and he's uh, he's a big time athlete, but he's going to need time to develop. So, Kevin, to answer your question. I still think they're going to be very good. I think they're right there with Philly. I th- I, I I think the defense matters. No question about it. Um, if Carson Wentz is close to what he was last season before the injury, the, the, the Eagles are the favorite in the NFC. If he's not, the Vikings are getting the Super Bowl. That's the way I see it. Wow, I don't see. I don't see them being the Rams in the playoffs. I don't see them beating the Packers. I wow, I do. I do. I think Kirk. I think Cousins could make every throw. He moves well enough. Um, you're going to probably see a little bit of a different philosophy on offense. I think they're going to be thrown downfield more. Uh, I think that Dalvin Cook, if he's back well for the injury, by the way, for fantasy, for those out there, this is a guy you want to get. This guy's a dynamic back that's coming back from ACL injury, and that's certainly a concern. But he, remember, he had it very early. And everything I've heard says he looks great. Now, obviously, we'll see what happens in training camp. But I think they're going to have a explosive offense. And as you said, and you're right, they have the NFL's best defense. Really no weakness. Uh, I, I don't know how the hell the Eagles were able to throw against them as they did, but I expect those – I think Mike Zimmer will get those things corrected. And I think they, I think that to me, again, it's the Eagles and the Vikings. I think they both teams are better than the Rams. All right, we're going to wrap it up shortly. i got to get to my hometown Redskins, my buddies who listen to this back home. They're, they don't believe in Alex Smith. I do think Alex Smith is an upgrade for a year or two, but it just really feels like the Redskins chase big names instead of an actual strategy of, of drafting and developing 
I mean, it, it's Bruce Allen and Jay Gruden now. It, it feels like they're going to go six and ten. Someone's going to be the scapegoat here, whether it's Bruce or Jay. Um, the Redskins, they're a perennial disappointment. I don't think there's any chance they make the playoffs. I mean, they're they're just they're not a bad team. At least they used to be four and twelve, three and thirteen all the time. They've graduated from that. It's just it's not good enough in the NFC. Yeah, so when you look at their personnel and offense, um, maybe there's some question marks on the on the offensive line. Remember, they lost their entire offensive line last season due to injury at one point or another. Trent Williams, I mean, he was on one leg and then he just shut it down. It was bad. it's a shame he he was just hurt. Uh, is Paul Richardson a full time starting NFL receiver? Where they're paying to be at eight million a year. Uh, that's going to be a challenge. To Josh Jackson just has just been disappointing his first two seasons. He needs to stay healthy. Uh, needs to build his body up. Crowder's a terrific slot. If Jordan Reed can't stay on the field. I mean, he just he's he's talented. We know that he's he's a matchup nightmare. But uh, they need to keep him on the field. Uh, you know, Geis and you know, the concerns uh, with his attitude uh, on you know as, at running back. Certainly, a monster talent was was great as the NFL's best uh, rookie coming out for this draft. But uh, there's some concerns there and. You know, Alex Smith will bring some stability. I mean, he's a better athlete than Kirk Cousins. He doesn't have Kirk's arm strength. It's funny. Kirk, I, I just I know people love to point out that Alex Smith was the best downfield passer, and the numbers would show that if you you could make them to look like he was. He really wasn't from tape study, but the numbers showed that he was. The bottom line is, not he's not going to start throwing the ball fifty yards downfield. That's not his game. Run after the catch is his game. Uh, Andy Reid did a great job of creating space for him to throw last season with. Uh, uh, with Matt Nagy uh, as the OC, um, but it's not like they're going to be throwing the ball 50 yards downfield, but what they're going to do is he, he could throw a 25-30, and the guy's going to get the ball and run after the catch, like Paul Richardson could flat-out fly, and I, I talked to Paul a couple years ago at Seahawks camp. He's, he's a guy who's really recovered very well from some serious injuries. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's a really talented guy. Uh, he could, he could flat-out fly. I'll say this, if you're a Redskins fan, if they, if they could keep Jordan Reed, Paul Richardson, Josh Doxson on the field, look out because they're going to be really explosive on offense. Lastly, the Cleveland Browns, team I worked for for a couple of years, team that's really always in the headline, normally for, for bad reasons, but Baker has brought the renewed hope. He's, I don't know, I, Adam, I see him not as a bust and not as a savior Maybe Jeff Garcia, I do kind of like that comparison. I think he's going to bring stability to the franchise, but not really the guy you want to pick number one overall. It's really hard to project how things are going to play out. But Baker, Hugh, I think if they're disappointing this year, Hugh could be on the hot seat. Um, John Dorsey, I think, overall did a good job in his first draft. Last team for you, the Cleveland Browns. What do you expect this year? And, And Baker, if you have any projection for the next couple. Yeah, so Mayfield, I could just tell you from an analytic standpoint, he's really off the charts with his accuracy. He's not in a in, from a size standpoint. He's not what you're looking for. He's under six foot one. That that's not good. And the history of quarterbacks under six one making it being star quarterbacks, you know, next to none. Obviously, we know about Russell Wilson at five ten and a half. But I would just say this: he's unbelievably competitive. The tape is really good. I mean, I, I get it. The, the fans who would say to me on Sirius, hey, he doesn't look like the, a guy that you would draft as your starting quarterback or your franchise quarterback at one overall because he does, he's not 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". I get that. But he does throw the ball well. He does throw the ball from the pocket. He's not always looking to run. He's going to start. 
whether it's week one, week five, week ten, folks, there's zero chance Tyrod Taylor will start 16 games. I will bet anyone on that that's not going to happen. You don't take the quarterback one overall to sit. It doesn't happen. We're, we're, this is not, not 2004 or 2005 when Alex Smith and, and Aaron Rodgers were drafted. Rodgers sat three years. Aaron, Baker Mayfield probably won't sit for more than five or six games. So um, I, I agree with you. I think they've had a pretty good offseason. Um, they, they gave up a ton to get a slot receiver in Jarvis Landry uh, in terms of what it cost to get in, in, in the trade and then to pay him, which is crazy for a slot receiver. But he's, he's the best one in the game. He's unbelievably talented. And you expect him to be a security blanket for the quarterbacks. Uh, but as you know, Kevin, Corey Coleman's a question mark. Josh, Josh Gordon's a question mark. Antonio Callaway is a huge question mark due to off-the-field concerns. There's a ton of upside with that receiver crew on the outside, but there's a ton of downside based on injury history and off-the-field concerns. A running back, you know, Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, and, and Duke Johnson as a changeup. Show me a better threesome in the National Football League on paper. They could be terrific. They'll help the, they'll help the quarterbacks. But I, you don't typically invest that much in running back. I, that's why I didn't quite understand what they were doing there with Nick Chubb. But you, they, they, Carlos Hyde has a one-year structure on his contract. But I, the one thing I thought, I, I don't want to say it was a mistake. I got why they drafted Denzel Ward over Chubb the defensive end from NC State. But in the end, you always take the, in most cases, personnel people will tell you, take the DN over the, the cornerback. But Ward should turn out to be a very, very good player where people probably down the road won't even, I know Browns fans shouldn't, they shouldn't have to care that that the value wasn't there. The value was for the defensive end over the corner. I think down the road, John Dorsey will probably turn out to be right and that Ward will be a very good football player. Adam Kaplan. I could keep talking to this guy for hours about football. He knows his stuff. Very insightful. Good opinions on everything. Adam, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for the advice on everything. Um, talk to you again soon. Stay in touch. Good luck. Let me know when you put it up. reach the high fashion hotline hi my family has big plans for labor day weekend but our outfits aren't measuring up then get to old navy old navy yep old navy's huge labor day sale is on now get 50 percent off all jeans 50 percent off all dresses 50 percent off all tees and 50 percent off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family 50 percent off all those styles that's a big deal so is this style start at just six bucks at old navy and old navy.com change of plans we're spending the weekend at old navy high fashion old navy valid 830-93 excludes in-store clearance active licensed and men's package tees whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.